You are now entering the Bloodless. Your hosts are the intrepid and all-knowing Jason T. Gaffney and the insipid and unknowing Kevin Held. Join these two buddies as they explore history and find the bright side in shitty things. Hello. Hello. You're on the bright side with Kevin and Jason. I'm your co-host, Kevin Held. And I'm your other co-host, Jason T. Gaffney. And we're joined today by a very special third co-host. Yay. Would you like to introduce yourself? Sure. I'm Suzanne Brockman. It's Jason's mom. It's true. And she's a New York Times best-selling author. That's very true as well. Yeah. But, and your mom. Well, yes. She's also, she birthed me from her loins. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So. (laughs) Thanks for that. She's sitting really close to me. (laughs) I did like it's weird, but I like the idea of that when I came into this world, there were people screaming. <laughs> like that just seems fun. It's like. interesting to know that that's how you'll go out too. Well, my favorite, <laughs> my, my favorite story about Jason's birth is that um, he was almost born in the hallway oh. because there were three of us that were all gonna have babies at the exact same moment. And oh. I was like, they were like, "Oh, you're taking your time, no, no rush." And then suddenly it was like he was like, "I am here." Oh. So they so we managed to make it into the delivery room, but I was out in the hall almost immediately afterwards, and I'm I'm lying there. And and they'd taken Jason away to do like you know testing whatever whatever they do and um, I was and a mutant I heard baby. These, I heard these nurses talking and they were talking about the giant baby that had been born <laughs> and I said oh did somebody have a really big baby and they looked at me and they said honey you had the giant baby how big were you I was ten pounds holy fuck yeah, and I that, gained that's like me saying yeah, holy fuck no kidding you, yeah without any just like here we go I'm sorry Suzanne <laughs> I'm not. But he was like, the, it was like having like a, like, yeah, all those early clothes that you get when you, when you have a baby, everybody gives you newborn size. And he was like, that already six months. Yeah. Nice. And with a big old baby. Oh my God. And you've just been making everyone's lives better since the very I, moment. I gained weight right away too. Most ah. babies lose weight right away and I instantly gained weight. Good Lord. Yeah. And oh, I, I guess, you know, most of our podcast listeners haven't actually seen you yet. Jason is uh, 45 feet tall. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And weighs 14 tons. I'm actually the plant from Little Shop of Horrors. <laughs> Feed me. Audrey, too? Yeah. Very well. <laughs> well, that's... Yeah, that's a horrifying story. I'm sorry yeah, you had to go through that. I was I was pleased with the outcome. Sure. Okay, sure. Charming child. <laughs> I was going to say, it started that way. But, and, and I got my you know strength back after, you know, because when here's your newborn, and suddenly it weighs a million pounds. But then it sucked all the milk out of you. <laughs> the giant, giant actually, monster baby. I had, I had definitely... Like definition of my arms. And oh, from back lifting in him. 1985. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, fuck you both! <laughs> oh, now I'm surrounded by Gaffney. <laughs> didn't I? Uh, didn't I also jump to solid food quickly? Yeah, he was like, like, what is this? And, and we were like, okay, so little bits of steak. And he was like, yeah, I mean, really, like. I'm like a gremlin. Crazy. Yeah, you are. Don't. <laughs> so you didn't feed him after midnight and didn't get him wet. <laughs> well, that's a wonderful story. And Suzanne, it's wonderful to have you on the show. It's nice to be here. Thank you. Welcome. Thank you very much. How you doing, Jason? I'm good. How are you? I'm fantastic. It's getting cooler Yay. here in, in L.A., finally. We can leave our windows open at night. Thank you. That is good. And the days are getting shorter. That's I disappointing. Like. I love it. Well. Because night is nighttime is the right time. <laughs> well, you're a night owl. <laughs> I am. But now it's a little less strain on your home heating system, right? You have a nest. Yes. Yes. I saw that you have a nest. We do have a nest in our nest. I wanted to talk about this because uh, we were considering getting a nest. Okay. Nick and I were. Yeah. And uh, he, he was really gung-ho about it. And okay. he realized you can also turn on your lights and change the temperature and stuff. Right. From remotely. Okay. Remote place. Like you could be in Chicago, right? Yeah. And then I realized that I could be visiting my parents or somewhere and I could fuck with him. <laughs> with the house. I could turn the lights on and off. And when <laughs> and when it's two in the morning <laughs> I could make the temperature go down to forty degrees. And he could wake up and see his breath and think that he had died. And so I think we're against getting a nest now because there's no way I could help myself. <laughs> Wow. I have, I have nests everywhere. I oh. have net, and it's really useful, like, if we're not in Massachusetts, to know that the, that the house is but not But both of you are not there. Like, yeah. That's the key. And, yeah, yeah. and okay. you have pets, too. 
So that, well, but your pets are you. Cams as well, so we can like I can they, I actually can watch hurricanes from Florida. Like I can be in Massachusetts and there can be a hurricane coming. I can mm-hmm. watch the hurricane in my backyard until the power goes out, and then I'm like, oh, sure, there we go. Sure, that actually perfectly brings us to the bright spot. I don't know, you didn't Let's do it. We that was an excellent segue, and we didn't even ex- you know plan for that. Let's but shall we talk about the bright spot? I want to. I mean, uh, tell me something good. We have a very special episode, and I definitely want to get to it since we're all three of us are here. But let's talk about the bright spot. Yeah, okay? let's do it. Uh, so there's a town called Mount Pleasant in South Carolina. Is it in a mountain? A very pleasant one, yes. Okay. It's on a mountain. It's not uh, in a mountain. Well, <laughs> if it was a bunker town, they'd be fine. We'll get know. to this there a little could bit be flooding farther. In a bunker, you know, there totally could be flooding. But I, I guess, yeah, you're right. You're right. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry that I <laughs> snapped at you for asking if it was an underground town in South Carolina. I don't know what they do in South Carolina. They're a weird state. It's called Mount Pleasant. You think it's that pleasant to be in Hitler's bunker underground? It's that's NORAD. You think that that's so pleasant? <laughs> Were you like the dark? Anyway, <laughs> there's a bunch of old people in Mount Pleasant. In okay. the bunker. <laughs> All right. <laughs> They're dead. They're buried. It's their cemetery is there. All right, they're no, old okay. people. Formerly old people, now they're dead. No, no, okay. The truth is <laughs> that there's a group of senior citizens from Summerby, a retirement home in Mount Pleasant, okay. South Carolina, and they've had to face a mandatory evacuation for... Florence, for Hurricane Florence. When this happens, because this apparently happens, if you live in that area of the world, uh, you have to evacuate sometimes. I'm from the Gulf Coast myself in in, um, Houston, and we would have to, you know, get out. So they tend to go to this uh, place called Fairburn, Georgia. So it's farther inland, and it's sort of their go-to hotel. They go to this community. And this time when they went to Fairburn, Georgia, from Mount Pleasant, South Carolina... This group of senior citizens were greeted with a letter from the Fairburn Police Department welcoming them. I'm just going to I'm going to read it. It's just so it's southern hospitality personified. Okay. All right. It says, "Welcome to Fairburn. We know you've already been through a lot and have a lot more to go through before it's all over. We want to help in any way we can." While you are staying with us, Fairburn PD will be offering a free shuttle service for hurricane evacuees staying in one of our Fairburn hotels. If you find yourself without a vehicle, we can give you a ride to any of these several locations inside our city. There's grocery stores, pharmacies, restaurants, churches, stores. Um, I think that's everywhere old people go. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, everywhere old people could go, the Fairburn Police Department will run a shuttle or just take them themselves. That's Police really nice. Officers yeah. are just showing up to like shuttle people around town if they're there without a vehicle or without a ride. I kind of love the idea of a bunch of old people in the backseat of police cruisers, like they've all been arrested. <laughs> and it's just like a town where everyone's like, man, the old people are really tough here. Can I run the siren? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I just, I mean, I just think it's just, it's just a small beautiful way that one community is showing up to support another community, you know, because they don't know what they're coming back to Yeah, when they get back to their homes, if they get to get back to their homes. Right. You know, so it's at least an incredibly beautiful thing to be welcomed like that. Of course. By your fellow man. And maybe they'll move there. Perhaps they will. And the police will continue to cart them around. <laughs> That letter does not have an end date. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. You're right. You're right. Who knows? This could be the start of a beautiful, weird friendship. Short, but beautiful. I see a sitcom idea. Yeah. Yeah. So that's my bright spot. I just think that, that, you know, Fairburn Police Department, thank you for stepping up and, and, and really protecting and serving, you know? And Mount Pleasant, thanks for having a bunker. Sure. Also, NORAD. Thanks for keeping us. <laughs> Shout out to NORAD. Thanks for keeping an eye on Santa. Yeah, I appreciate that. you know, he's a shady fuck. <laughs> Deciding who's good well, and bad. He's elderly, so yeah. they'd probably give him a ride. Yeah, they do. Oh, he's got a ride, though. <laughs> Although, if the sled does badly in the uh, hurricane, yeah. yeah, he'll be fine. Uh, all right, so that was the bright spot. I love it. Shall we jump into the uh, heart of the show? Oh, yes, we the shall. The eye of the storm, if you would? Yeah, well... No, we have to go through a lot before we get to the calm part, I I'm guess. I was going to say, this storm is big and long. Oh, exciting. And it's the version I did, unfortunately, is cut. So what? Oh. It's too long. <laughs> big, long, and cut. Yeah. That's fine, too. It's still fine. It's yeah. fine, too. All right. 
It's the girth that gets you. <laughs> this one's girthy. Okay. This one's uh, what this we... one you're going to need a diaper afterwards. Oh, God! <laughs> That's my son. Oh, God! <laughs> <laughs> okay, what are we talking about today, Jason T. Gaffney? Spurs. Okay. Ooh. Chaps. Oh. Butt sex under the stars. Hello! Right? All right. All fantastic things yes. that make a cowboy a cowboy. For sure. Right? Mm-hmm. This week we're going to go back in time to when a cowboy was actually known as an outlaw. Okay. A criminal. Oh. A bad boy. Exciting. Yeah. This is really, this is the sexiest opening to a show you've I ever know. had. I'm not going to lie. The fact that the cowboys were bad just ups the fucking fantasy for me, because mm-hmm. I love cowboys. You know, oh, I love you, cowboys. Yeah. My mom knows this, right? Yeah. I do. All right. There's two things we should just get out of the way right at the beginning, okay? okay. First of all, stop calling them assless chaps, okay? All chaps are assless. That's what makes them chaps, okay? Otherwise, they'd be fucking leather pants. Fine. Are we agreed? <laughs> yeah. Agreed. We're all agreed on that. I, I just said chaps. You did. I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah I know. I'm just well, telling to, to our viewing listening. To other people. Yeah. Exactly. And two, Burt Reynolds just died, right? And in the in in the wake of Burt Reynolds dying, I realized I found out on through YouTube that he and Willie Nelson were in a video for a Willie Nelson song about gay cowboys called "Cowboys Are Frequently Secretly Fond of Each Other." Oh, I remember that song. You remember that song? Oh, yes. It was brought back to my attention when Burt Reynolds died, and he was because he was in the video for that song. Thank you, Burt Reynolds. And it's fucking awesome. Thank you, both Burt Reynolds and Willie Nelson, for that because it was like the '80s. I when they it. did that song, and it's a very, like, I mean, it's of the 80s for sure, but check it out on YouTube. Cowboys are frequently, secretly fond of each other. It's I great. I love it. I anyway. can't wait to go watch it again. Those Add are... us with your uh, reaction. Yeah. Those are my two points. Now we can move on. <laughs> <laughs> so, so basically, we all know I love cowboys, right? We, and, we do now. Which is hilarious because, like, I don't like dating hot messes, and it seems like cowboys who are outlaws or hot messes. Sure. So, like, I'm very happy with my lawful husband. Well, cowboys aren't for dating. Cowboys aren't for marrying. <laughs> They're just for tying up and... They're tying you up and yeah. having a rest. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to go to Tombstone, Arizona. Woohoo! Where not only the famous O.K. Corral is, okay. but uh, respectful cowherding men weren't cowboys as much as ranchers. All right. Which is a boner killer. Ranchers? Yeah. Sure. Nobody wants to fuck a rancher. Mm-hmm. And if you do, I question your sexual preferences. So, anyway. Yeah, that's really judgy. And it rightfully so. <laughs> yes, it's judging. Yes, it's judgy, but it's also true. As a romance novelist, Jason, you're wrong. Oh, no. There's a whole world of rancher heroes. So. <sighs> well, at me with a rancher hero. All right, so Tombstone was founded in Arizona Territory in March of 1879. Mm-hmm. It started with about 100 people, and after only two years, there were over 7,000 people. That is Boomtown. Yeah. And they... they should call it Boomstone. Boomstone. Hey. <laughs> um, so, mm-hmm. I guess they uh, really only counted white men in the census, so 7,000 number was only counting, wasn't counting the non-white people or women or children. Okay. So there's really way more than 7,000 people there. Okay. So it's like... But 7,000 important ones. Well, yeah. <laughs> Who can own stuff and vote. Yeah. Right. So, okay, why did this town explode overnight? Do you know? Uh, TNT. No. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you meant later when it was no. destroyed. <laughs> Silver. Silver. Oh, Silver. Oh, Suzanne knew. Yeah. I've been to Tombstone. Oh. I have. Oh, that's exciting. Yes. She was that's there at the founding. Oh! <laughs> she had you the next year. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Who's old now? I'm the Silver. <laughs> It's weird. I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> All right. So by the middle of the 1880s... You're the thing that made your mom explode. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so by the middle of the 1880s, the town would have earned between 40 to $85 million in silver. And I think it was that money at that time. So what it would be like many more millions for us. Holy crap. Um, by what year? The 1880s. Okay. Middle of the 1880s. Holy crap. And it was the most successful silver producer in all of Arizona. It was like the place to be if you liked silver. Sure. I need to get some new errands. You know where you need to go? Where? Tombstone. Okay. Or Zales. What's Zales? There's one in the mall. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so the town was huge and uh, at the time that 1881 rolled around they had all the modern luxuries, right? Mm-hmm. Such as fancy dining. Running water? And, no. No, and, no, not that. That's crazy. So. An opera house. An opera house in yeah. Tombstone? Ice cream. What? An ice house. 
so you could get ice. Sure. Multiple well, uh, things. Thank you. How were you going to get ice cream without a nice house? I don't know. Uh, I mean, obviously, I assumed the ice house, okay? I'm yeah. not an idiot. So, <laughs> multiple <laughs> multiple banks and newspapers. Okay. Several churches. Sure, of and, course. And most importantly, a bowling alley. What? Yeah. They invented bowling? They didn't invent it, but oh, they had it. Okay, fine. Yeah. <laughs> I've silver... just never heard of bowling before this. So. You'd, you'd roll silver balls at silver pins. That's amazing. Everything was silver. It got Yeah, it got robbed every night yeah. at the bowling alley. <laughs> so, of course, along with the Wild West came 110 saloons in this town. 110? Yep. Okay. F- 14 gambling halls. Okay. That's a... like per capita. That's like a, a saloon and a half per person. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, a whole bunch of brothels. Oh, sure. you got to give those miners something to do. Mm-hmm. And You I mean, mean the, mi- the people mining silver. The mine men. You're not, yes, exactly. Not the minors. Once again, you're not, yeah. you're not advocating <laughs> child sex. Child sex with prostitutes. Right, exactly, yeah. No. We're not advocating that, to, to be clear. Anyway, so the town's getting big, right? Sure. And it was a Wild West. Okay. So that meant there was going to be a little bit of crime in the area. Okay. Right? Right. Like people randomly shooting each other in the street. Exactly. Right. A little bit of crime. And hustling was huge, too. Okay. People were hustling. What do you mean? Hustling. Every day I'm hustling. Oh, right. Like... <laughs> right. No, I... Yeah. The hustle is real. Yeah. They were hustling and flowing. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And if that wasn't enough, people in Tombstone were trying to import illegal goods such as alcohol and tobacco from Mexico... Because Mexico had a very heavy tax, so Americans were sneaking into Mexico to steal shit and come back, basically. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, the rich silver folks were like, I'm not going to pay your taxes. Fuck mm-hmm. your government. So the, the white men in Arizona who, who were important weren't paying taxes? Yeah. All right, so they invented that at least. Yes, and they also stole from Mexicans. They invented that also. Yes. Mm-hmm. All These right. are proud traditions. Yeah. <laughs> so, but, well, Suzanne, you were there. What was it like? Um, It was... Very ghost towny when oh, I went. I wow. was there in um, probably it was I think it was like nineteen nineteen eighty two. Okay, so like a hundred yeah. years later, yeah, yeah, it did and, not and fare was, as well. But it was really like there were still buildings standing, and they kind of they turned them into ball of string museums. So so the kind of thing where where there'd be a pair of boots, and then like in grandma's handwriting, like in, on a little piece of paper, mm-hmm. these boots were worn by Outlaw John, kind mm-hmm. of a thing. And and, and um, oh, good old Outlaw and, John. And there was um, I remember there was a diorama. You could go into this um, this room where um, it was like about the size of this room. It was just a little tiny room with little theater seats, and um, and this kind of this diorama of what and that told the story of, mm-hmm. of um, what had happened in Tombstone, uh-huh. and um, and it was um, narrated by Vincent Price. What? So yeah, like well, I mean, he wasn't there, but I mean, his voice. And, and, and so, but it, was, but it, was, it was so funny, and it was so hard to get to. <laughs> Well, it would have been great if you came out, but it was so hard to get. So Ed and I were the only people in, in this in this place, and and um, I, I remember I was wearing like tie dyed jeans, and we were we were kind of hippie people in mm-hmm. the in the eighties, and um and sitting in this in this kind of darkened room while this presentation happened, and these and these like these little stick figures, the white and and somebody mm-hmm. died in the pool hall, and his little figure like fell onto the pool table like that, <laughs> and it was just like standing there and like bloop right uh-huh. onto the, and it was it was so hysterically funny and and just weird and like the other thing I remember is that we there was one restaurant and bar and we were sitting and having dinner and um, and somebody walked in with actual a six gun. Like on his hips, oh my. and came, went to the bar and sat there, and we were like, "There's a weapon in the room. Is this okay? Mm-hmm. Like, don't you have to check your weapon at the town?" Not in not Arizona. Yeah, no, it was no. Really it's man- Arizona is actually a mandatory carry state. Yes. Yeah, yeah exactly. you didn't know that. Yeah. All right. Well, there you get yeah, so as you <laughs> pop out of a vagina, they hand you a gun, <laughs> and if so, you can't hold it, all right. Well, what? Uh, that's so cool. All right. Where were we? So. Basically, we're going to talk about the famous fight at the OK Corral, right? I would hope. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly why. <laughs> yeah. Right. May I, I know uh-huh. that the corral is tiny. Oh. Oh, yeah. OK. Having seen it. So let's meet our players. Right? Okay. Not our heroes. Nobody's a hero in the story. Is that right? Nobody. Nobody's Nobody. a hero. Okay. Everybody's but the first team, nice. you've got James, Virgil, and On the Wyatt. the blue team! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> James, Virgil, and Wyatt Earp, mm-hmm. or as I like to call them, the Burp Brothers. Okay, because, because like, you're a child. Well, Erp, it's like, Merp. I know what Erp sounds yeah. like. <laughs> <laughs> and you're a child. Anyway, they would arrive more or less at the 
first year of the founding of Tombstone. All right. And December 1st, 1897, the town was still just kind of tense for the most part. Mm -hmm. The mining men had their priorities straight and made sure that the saloons were the first things to be built. Okay. Not their homes. Well, sure. They were like, we got to get somewhere where we can get Look, drunk. you can fucking sleep anywhere, okay? You can't necessarily drink anywhere. Yeah. So right? there you go. And you can't fuck anywhere, so you got to get a brothel up. That's right. You understand the order of things, right? You drink a lot, you fuck somebody, then you pass out and fall asleep, okay? That is num item number three, priority three. Exactly. Okay? So basically, they moved in because Virgil was hired as a deputy U.S. marshal, and his office was in Tombstone. Mm -hmm. So Virgil was the guy, then. Virgil was the guy. And for people who don't guy. know, marshal means, like, police chief. So basically, now this story has turned to cowboys and cops. You know, you put some superhero with capes in the mix, and I will, like, have died and gone to heaven. Oh, my God. As far as, like, all my fantasies. Okay, so you have a uniform thing. You've got a uniform spandex I fetish thing. I love it. Well, I read comics growing up. Thanks, Mom. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, oh, my God. She's like, I just thought he was into comic books. I had no idea I was fueling a kink. <laughs> Yeah, I knew. <laughs> so, Good. so basically, Classic. it was a weird time for law enforcement back then, right? Mm -hmm. And when you were out in the wild, if the lawmen were bad, then there was often little that you could do. But, you know, so the Wyatt Earp brother people, Virgil, Morgan, they tended to do the right thing for the most part. Mm -hmm. But they also used their power unjustly at times. Really? They were like, they, they self-served. Like, oh, they would okay. they would do that. Like, any lawman out there, if, if there was a problem and they didn't have enough men, they'd be like, hey, friends, we're going to go shoot someone. True, and everyone would be like, yeah, we're going to go shoot someone. They have a name for that. What? Posse. Yeah. Posse together. Basically, they'd form a posse. Yeah, you deputize people into a posse. Exactly. I've seen movies. Okay. <laughs> so, the other member of the ERP team was Doc Holliday. Sure. John Henry Holliday. I know this because... His name was actually John Henry Holliday? Yes. And oh. <laughs> yeah, you're never, welcome. Never appeared in any of my oh. documents. It's absolutely... And the way I know is that because my husband's nephews are named Wyatt and John Henry. Oh. After these guys. Well. And there you go. All right. So, okay, if his rockin' name wasn't enough, another great thing about Doc was that he was a dentist. Right. Oh. And he apparently had an affliction to gamble, uh -huh. and he had a temper that could not be contained. Yes. He, at one time, would get drunk and into a fight with another guy, but was such a lousy shot that he would empty his gun at point blank at the guy and miss him completely. Whoa. He's, like, basically shooting at him, okay. and he's... So yeah. he was really drunk or something. Yeah, didn't he have a drug problem? Like, I... I I, or was that just, the, is that just a legend? I don't know. Like, like, cause dentists. Ether, I think. Yeah. Well, I mean, he had tuberculosis or something, Did right? He? It's pot. I don't know about any of this. I don't know. I think we're all just wondering. We're just all thinking about images of Val Kilmer doing this. And, uh, <laughs> yes. like, and we're all confused about exactly what is real and what isn't. Well, right? the reality is that there's only so much time for the podcast, so I had to cut out a lot of stuff, mm -hmm. and so I looked for, like, the juicy... I like that you went ahead and cut it out before we recorded. Nice job. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of facts that I just don't include. <laughs> That's how I every don't. episode is. I know, I know. There's a lot of facts out there. So, I just like the fact that Doc would be constantly asked to join the herbs to help defend the town with guns when mm -hmm. he can't even shoot someone at point blank. Yeah, it does range. not sound like the guy you want on your side, really. And in addition, Doc was no hero because he got into a fight with another gambler named Johnny Tyler at Milt Joyce's Oriental Saloon. Oh. Milt, other than being a racist, didn't like yeah. Doc. <laughs> if anybody it should be running an Oriental Saloon, it's someone named Milt. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Um, for some reason, Johnny Tyler was hired by another saloon, I guess, to make people leave Milt's house of shame, and Doc caught on to this, so he got in a, a fight with Johnny, and Johnny ran away, and then Milt kicked Doc out and wouldn't give him back his gun. Okay. So, like, Doc got another gun and came back demanding his gun back, and Milt pulled out his own gun to shoot Doc, but Doc actually shot Milt's palm and disarmed him, and then shot Milt's business partner in a big toe. Good lord. <laughs> yep. I, uh, so do you then, only go for appendages? And then That's nice. Milt hit Doc on the head with a gun, knocking him out, I think, and then... Holiday would be arrested for assault and battery, and he would plead guilty. Oh my god! And like people, a lot of people had like rap sheets, even though they were like sort of good people, right? Because like everyone was a guilty person yeah. out here. Different um, time. 
So the townspeople the good old days. weren't in love with the Earps, right, mm-hmm. as lawmen. But for the most part, the Earps did keep the town safe, and they did do the right thing, right? Okay. However, there was one time where Wyatt went to bat for cowboy Curly Bill Brokius, I think is his last name. Okay. And prevented him from being hung, even though Curly Bill had killed the former tombstone marshal Fred White. Okay. Uh, he prevented him from being hanged. Nobody could prevent him from being hung. <laughs> oh. <laughs> is it hanged, not hung? Actually, yes, but also... <laughs> he cut his dick off. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, my God. No one can be more hung than me. Wow. Snip. That's amazing. <laughs> no, he prevented him from being hung. Oh, oh so, right, by cutting his dick yeah. off. Okay, I get it. So, this is fucked up. They weren't the only, like, police in the area to do similar things, however... In the next county over, Cochise County, they had a sheriff named Johnny Bean, mm-hmm. who had not only beaten Wyatt Earp for county sheriff in an election. Oh, like not like yeah. beating him to death. Yes. <laughs> but he also had a soft spot for more rural folks, and a, a specifically the Cochise County Cowboys, who were like... Oh, the football team, sure. Yeah, they were like a gang of sorts, even though it wasn't official. Like, they uh-huh. were a bunch of outlaws that would, like, get together and do things. Uh-huh. And, uh, they, they were a gang. They were called the Cowboys, for short. Why? Which is a dream. What? <laughs> A, a, a little gang of, of angry, rowdy cowboys yeah. roving around town, just doing whatever they want to And I'm going to like infiltrate their gang and be their leader. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Pick me up and drive me around, boys. Each one of them more yeah. hung than the last? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, who are the cowboys, right? Well, they're America's most hated and also winningest football team. Yeah. <laughs> so, there were a lot of cowboy members, but the main ones going to be featured in our story oh. later are... Ike and Billy Clanton, okay. Tom and Frank McLaurie, mm-hmm. two sets of brothers, and then Billy Claiborne. Okay. I had to clarify that they were brothers so that people wouldn't get confused that they might be married. <laughs> <laughs> I really, I don't think you had to do that, <laughs> but you know, I appreciate yeah. it. So, all right. <laughs> well, of... cowboys are frequently secretly fond of each other. I know. And they fondle each other, too. <laughs> so, anyway, a lot of people who were moving to the area were Southerners who were mad about the outcome of the Civil War. Oh. Which is great. You want those people to move in. We want them to congregate, too. (laughs) Yes, Um, that's what we want them to do, is get together far away from other people and congregate and just, like, go into this biofeedback loop of hell. Yes. uh, Well, that succeeded. (laughs) So they had uh, that real keep-your-government-off-my-body ideal, which is ironic. But not women's bodies. Well, yeah, but the, the, the other irony is that they also owned humans, so, like, you're not one to talk, <laughs> asshole. I said keep your laws off my body. That guy over there, that's my body. Exactly. <laughs> so, anyway, it didn't take long for the Earps and the Cowboys to take a disliking to each other. Mm-hmm. There are many cases of them trying to one-up each other and cause problems for one another. The Earps were jealous of the name. I, I mean, yeah. I think. Okay. It's a theory. Yeah, well, it's like, my name's Earp. We're the cowboys. Oh, I hate you guys. Yeah. <laughs> Look at you with your sexy hung dicks. <laughs> God. <laughs> so as we Just know, I'm not here. no, no, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do that. <laughs> so as we know, the the cowboys were the it's bad so boys. It's different of- having not just your mom, but any mom. It's so different having a mom in here. <laughs> we should just have a mom join us every week. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's mom, yeah. not just one of our moms, but some mom <laughs> to watch us. And we wouldn't. I mean, Suzanne gets to speak on the show, but from now on, we're just gonna have a mom peering at us. <laughs> Judgmentally from across the way, over some glasses. Yes. Oh. Like this. Thank you for the visual. Again. <laughs> Both of you. <laughs> Suzanne mimed the puppet falling. Jason lowers his glasses to peer over me. Why do I have to do the commentary? Right. <laughs> Where are we? So, so, as we know, the cowboys were the bad boys of Tombstone. Uh-huh. And they would band together when it was convenient to commit crimes, right? Sure. So one such crime was the March Stagecoach Robbery and Murder. Oh, boy. There was a stagecoach going from Tombstone to Benson, mm-hmm. and the cowboys tried to rob it. They didn't want to kill anyone, but Bob Paul, the gunman protecting the coach, opened mm-hmm. fire on them, uh, and they fired back, and they killed his shotgun and the passenger. 
His shotgun was alive? Oh, no. <laughs> they killed his shotgun? They killed his magical shotgun? Yes. God damn. The shotgun was like, bang, bitch. This bang, is why we can't have nice bang, things. Bitch. Oh, I've been hit. Oh, oh, no. Oh, no. Who could have expected this end for a firearm? Yeah. <laughs> so the horses freaked and ran, and Bob Paul couldn't get them to stop for about a mile. So the cowboys not only didn't get the money, but they murdered people for no reason. Oh, well, they murdered people for a reason. They just didn't get they the money. They failed, right? So, so Bean, he is a sheriff, right? And the Earps all set out to figure out who'd done it, right? Mm-hmm. A bunch of sheriffs. And after they found a man named Luther King, he wouldn't tell them anything. Then the Earps lied and claimed that Doc... <laughs> well, thanks for including him in the goddamn story. Oh, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> so, they wouldn't question a guy. He said nothing. No, there's gonna and be... And they moved on. <laughs> no, there's... <laughs> It's just good that you're including all the salient points. No, no, no. <laughs> After he wouldn't tell him anything, the Earps then lied to him oh. and claimed that Doc Holliday's girlfriend was shot in oh. this. Uh-huh. And King got freaked out because Doc was scary, and he confessed what he knew. Oh, got it. And he said it was Bill Leonard, Harry the Kid Head, and Jim Crane. Okay. I just like the fact that, of course, Harry Head needed a nickname because his name is fucking Harry, Harry Head. Head. Yeah. yeah. Let's so, call him uh, the kid. Yeah. He's like four <laughs> years younger than us. He was probably 14 years old. Right, right? true. Also yeah. that. They all were re- really young because you didn't live that long. No, right? the yeah. life expectancy in the time is about 12. Yeah. So, yeah. so he was nine. Yeah. Right, he was nine. And he was getting a little long in the tooth to be a cowboy, actually. Yeah. So the uh, the Earps would go after the men, and Bean would bring King to jail. But somehow, King walked into jail. This is where he wrote letters from a Birmingham jail, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh. What? He walked... <laughs> I made all the Gaffneys groan. So... <laughs> so King basically walked into the jail and right out the back of the jail. <laughs> oh, we forgot to lock the back door again! <laughs> God, we're so bad! So, so the Earps were pissed about this, right? <laughs> they should be pissed at themselves. Well, no, the Earps yeah. weren't there. Bean took King back to the jail, oh, and Bean. the Earps kept going after the Cowboys. Oh. And Bean basically let him go, because oh. he likes the Cowboys. Oh. And it, this furthered the dislike between the Earps and Bean, who oh. had, could Bean had beaten Earp for Sheriff. Oh. So it's a little further... Oh, it's Bean again. I know. I want him to be Irish. Don't you think? Yeah. It sounds, he sounds Irish. Oh, I have to get out of the, my jail, yeah. There you go, King. I don't know why I said yeah. Run away. I don't know either. <laughs> Swedish. You're Irish, Swedish. Irish, went to Canada. Yeah. <laughs> the Irish Sheriff Bean. Now get out of here, eh? Go and have yourself a fun time now. <laughs> <laughs> I love that he let him out. I mean, like, he's just gone. He's The only place he can go is, like, back home. I know, right? Okay. So they kept after the cowboys, the Earps did, right? Mm-hmm. But they could not find them. And when they returned home and asked Bean for reimbursement for their time and dead horses... Why did the horses die? Well, they were riding them for a long time. Okay. And they didn't... Yeah, They should have stopped at I some know, point they or changed horses, didn't. I think. So, and Bean was like, no, bro, you're not going to get reimbursed. And they were like, that sucks. And then it extra sucked because Bean asked for $796.84 from the county and got reimbursed for it. And so he wouldn't get them reimbursed, but he got reimbursed. And the, the Earp what? eventually got paid by Wells Fargo later. What? Now, okay, wait a minute. So this is Tombstone, Arizona, where they have all this silver and everybody is really rich. Right. And so... The fact that nobody's paying anybody back felt a little bit shady. Except for... The- so Bian is a shithead. Yeah. Yeah. The, the Earps aren't great either, but in this case, they were in the right and Bian was in the wrong. Yeah. So Wyatt and Bian also weren't friends because they both loved Josephine Marcus. Oh, let's throw a love triangle yep. into this mess. And she chose Bean. <gasps> was she a prostitute with a heart of gold? She was not. Oh. Silver. Sorry, silver. Oh, yeah. Silver. Her heart was silver. <laughs> but she left him after he slept with a bunch of prostitutes without hearts of gold, and then she kicked him out. She's oh, like, wow. you get out of this house, you hear? I don't think he loved her that much. No, he Maybe. just didn't want Wyatt to have her. Wow. Yeah. So, as I mentioned, Wyatt lost the sheriff to Bean, right? And he and wanted to win the next election. He, he lost, a sh- he lost, he lost the election everything. and he lost a woman to Bean? He, He's going slowly mad from jealousy and rage. Course. So, he basically wants to win the next election, right? So, he went to Ike Clanton, one of the cowboys, and offered him a bribe to give up the real men who killed the stagecoach people. Okay. Ike was interested, but then all three suspects would later die off from other tragic events, and then Ike lost his interest. What? He was like... I want to help you. 
never mind, I'm not interested in helping you no more. Yeah, exactly. Ike would then later become paranoid that Wyatt would have told the Cowboys that he was going to double-cross them, or that Wyatt had told Doc Holliday and that Doc was going to blackmail him. Okay. So he started to lose his shit. Oh my god. Nobody's okay. Right. Nobody's okay. So you'd think with the death of the three men who planned the murder robbery that the case was closed, right? What killed them? We don't know. Okay. But, like, you'd think that the case was closed, right? Right? Wrong. Wrong. Yes. So, Doc Holliday had a fight with his on-again, off-again mistress, Big Nose Kate. Yes! <laughs> That's real? That's real. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. Why, I, why was it ever off again? I don't know. <laughs> when he sobered up, it was off again. <laughs> Every time they get drunk, hey, uh-huh. Big Nose, get over here. <laughs> Big nose Kate. I want to stick my tongue in your nostril. Wow. Wow. Okay. So the We're two finding them... out about other kinks that Jason enjoys. <laughs> no, I don't ever want to put my tongue in the nostril. Mm. So basically, the two of them got really drunk, and then he kicked her out. Oh. He was like, get the fuck out, oh you whore. And she was like, I'm not a whore. I've just got a big nose. <laughs> yeah. So I'm pretty sure that's verbatim. Yeah, I know that. Yeah, that sounds about. That sounds accurate. So, cowboy sympathizer, County Sheriff John Bean, mm-hmm. and the racist Milt stumbled upon her and hatched a plan. They stumbled upon her. Yeah, outside when she'd been kicked out, she stayed there. Well, she <laughs> around she's around. She's drunk. Yeah, she's she's in the the hedge sleeping. Yeah. Right. 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 Step <laughs> one, one get drunk. Step two, fuck, and then step three, pass out somewhere. Oh, some true. Results. I'm just concerned about what plan two men who stumble upon a I drunk know. woman are going to hatch up, okay? Yes. I'm so, just concerned about this. They gave her even more booze to oh, drink. No, that's never a good start. And then they got her to sign a document saying that Doc Holliday was responsible for those murders and robberies along with the others who were caught on the stagecoach. What a twist! Yes. One of the other men who was caught was former watchmaker and New Yorker, Bill Leonard, who was a good friend of Doc's. Okay. So, of course they did it together. Okay. An arrest warrant was given for Doc, but the Earps didn't like letting good men like Doc go easily, Mm -hmm. so they found witnesses that could give him an alibi, and then they helped Big Nose get sober. Once she was sober, I love that the like judicial process right now takes years, and at that time, like a man was nearly hanged by the time it took a woman to get sober. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when she was sober, she confessed that Bean and Milt convinced her to do that while she was drunk. Mm-hmm. The charges got thrown out, and Doc was free. Okay. Doc's response was to give Kate Big Nose some cash and to put her on the next stagecoach out. Good lord! Bye. Yeah. He's like. Our time has come. We're off again. Yes. (laughs) And you're off. Okay. So why did the cowboys and their sympathizers keep going after the Earps, right? I don't know. Were they jealous of the mustaches or something? Probably. So the cowboys basically thought that the Earps were uppity and that they were nasty social climbers. Whoa. Basically, the Earps were just as rough and tumble as them, but they were being fake by pretending to be law enforcement. And by doing so, they were gaining money and power by proving that they were good, in quotes, the cowboys were like, you're like us. Stop trying to be all educated, mm-hmm. you shit. Mm-hmm. And the Earps were like, I want to not sleep on the ground anymore. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, like. I love that. It's just like, uh, why is this a debate? Yeah. Uh, you uh, you sleep in cow dung. Yeah. Like, uh, I would li- I like a hotel. Yeah, you can call me uppity, I suppose, but I like so, opera. So the cowboys... <laughs> The cowboys felt like they should be able to drink loudly whenever, wherever yeah. they're meant to be together. Well, this is America. Was that a Shakira reference? <laughs> Shakira Good was there. Lord. She was like, whenever, wherever, whenever to be together. Stop gyrating against me. <laughs> <laughs> you got to shimmy when you do Shakira. Uh, I wish your hips could lie. Yeah, they cannot. <laughs> so... It's important to know that there was a very interesting law in town, especially since it was a place where people were all like, keep your laws off my body, right? Mm -hmm. So Tombstone had a city ordinance to help with crime via deadly weapons. It was Ordinance 9, where anyone who had a gun... The first eight didn't work. Uh, They were just, uh, we just armed everybody. Yes. uh, That was number one. (laughs) We gave everybody a pitchfork. That didn't work out. (laughs) Number two was Strict 9. We handed it out. Uh, It didn't work out very well at all. 
Number three through eight, we're just going to forget about those, okay? Because there was just a lot of death and destruction there. Nine is now we're going to take the weapons away. Basically. We're trying that now. So basically, anyone who had a gun or a knife for killing had to deposit them at either a saloon or a livery when they arrived in town. Or into the liver of the closest person at the edge of town. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Just going to stick this right here. (laughs) And that's what confused me when I went. Like, where was Ordinance 9? It... Well, I think the state... Oh, uh, did you get to keep all your guns when you were there? No, we didn't, but the guy who walked into the bar did. Oh, that's right, that's right. Like, that's what what surprised me, because I... But apparently, a hundred years had passed. Uh Exactly, yes. So it had gone from a don't carry a gun to everybody must carry a gun. Exactly. So, on October 25th, Ike got a little bit crunk. Okay. (laughs) And he decided to show the lawmen he wasn't afraid of them. Okay. So he got his gun... Sure. And then he waved it around. Oh, that's against the law. Yep. He threatened to shoot the Earps and Doc Holliday. Mm-hmm. And he actually got into a bit of a fight with Doc specifically. Yeah, and they both shot wildly into nowhere. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, one, one, one guy is drunk and one guy is Doc Holliday, so yep. there was no bullets going the right way. They had uh, this fight in the Alhambra Saloon mm-hmm. about arguments about who lied about what, etc. Okay. So you see, Ike had accused Wyatt of telling Doc about the Cowboys... That Ike was going to reveal, like mm-hmm. so, that whole like he said Becky's hair, yeah, wasn't naturally that color, but it really is. He and didn't say that about Becky at all. He did say that no, about I'm Becky. I'm telling you, you're just, you're, 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 you're a liar. You're okay. a liar, Becky. It. <laughs> <laughs> so. Doc insisted that Wyatt hadn't told him anything, which I also love. No, he didn't. <laughs> I love this at this point. It's like, you told him about the Cowboys, and Doc's like, he didn't. No, he didn't. But you just told me. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I didn't know until you just told me. Yeah. <laughs> so, Wyatt was there along this experience, but he didn't have his badge on to be a cop. Damn it! But his brother Morgan did. Okay. So Morgan took Doc and Ike into the street where they continued to fight. You have to have a little star on your chest in order to make this So now they're fighting in the streets, and now they're arguing even louder, so everyone in the area can hear. Okay. So, like, everyone's all about Becky. Um, And Wyatt's like, calm down, everybody, and and Ike is like, where's your star? Yeah. I don't even see your star. Fuck you. Yeah. (laughs) You can't tell me what to do, mom. So, Virgil... Becky! <laughs> Virgil finally showed up. I don't know what's happening right now. And was like, I'll arrest you both if you don't shut up. Which okay. I feel like we need for every one of these kind of Becky fights. Yeah, for sure. So the fight broke up, mm-hmm. and Wyatt went to a different saloon, mm-hmm. Milt's saloon, mm-hmm. and Ike followed him. Mm-hmm. He didn't even invite Becky. Yeah, I know. He was like, bye, Becky. Fuck her. Yeah. So Ike got in Wyatt's face again. Mm-hmm. And said that he planned on confronting Doc again in the morning mm-hmm. and ending this once and for all. Oh. He said, quote, I will be ready for you in the morning. Oh, my. Wyatt's response to Ike was to get out and go home because, quote, there was no money in it. In what? Killing them. Like, we know you're an outlaw, but there's no money in killing us, so you might as well just go home, you drunk fuck. Okay. Like, like it's kind of smart, but also a little dickish. Um... Okay. So Ike, however, decided to sit down close to Wyatt and show him his guns uh, that he hadn't stored while in town and keep on drinking. Okay. I also think he might have flashed him. Oh, the the, the, the big gun. gun. Yeah. Sure. I got this pistol. I got this rifle. But here's the real glory. (laughs) It's my dick. That's nice. It's called the tripod. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. <laughs> okay. Because I can lean on it mm-hmm. on three legs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my god, you have to look toward your mother as you say these things. Yeah. Okay. So, are you okay, Suzanne? I'm, just, I'm not here right now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretending what, I'm not here right now. Look what you've done to your mother. Alright, so what's interesting is later that night, Virgil would go play poker with Ike, Tom McLaurie, another cowboy, Sheriff Bean, and one other unknown man. Okay. Until the morning. No, did they not know who he was? I don't think anyone knew. Nobody knew. He's yeah. just a random guy. Hey, guys, can I play? Yeah. <laughs> They're like, dude, you don't want to play with them? They have a feud. Oh, that sounds fun. That's all right. I've got guns. Yeah. <laughs> Are we shooting people? <laughs> I would later... Hey, guys, what's up? <laughs> Wait, oh. <laughs> we all want his money. So they killed the unknown man. Yep. Okay. So Ike noticed that Virgil hadn't given up his guns either. Okay. He would reveal that in his testimony later on at, in a court case that oh, happened later on. Oh, dear. 
So everyone went to sleep, right? But mm-hmm. not good old Ike. No. He decided to keep on drinking and started saying things like, quote, As soon as the Earps and Doc Holliday showed themselves on the street, the ball would open. That they would have to fight. The ball would open? I don't know. He's going to open their balls? I don't know. He's really drunk by yeah. now, right? So He's yeah. going to perform some weird surgery on them? Kind of like perform fellatio on what them. What ball? They'd have to fight. Oh, the balls would open. Yeah. Like release the yeah. sperm that they're containing. Yeah, exactly. I see. Okay. Uh-huh. Um... He likes also like wrestling porn. Do you, so. I see. So, so, so the the whole thing with the f- shootout that's that's coming up. Spoiler alert! Uh, you think was just some, a circle jerk, supplanted homosexuality? Yeah. Probably. Oh, sure. okay. Yeah. Right. He yeah, wanted a circle jerk, but it was not those guns that went off. No, on. but they were so entrenched in that male mythos, the yeah. machismo thing, yeah. that they had to shoot each other instead. Exactly. It was and tragic. This is how the patriarchy affects everyone. Exactly. So. Deputy Marshal Andy Bronk heard the commotion and went to wake up and warn Virgil, mm-hmm. who basically said, thank you, and then went back to bed. <laughs> Virgil wasn't going to get up for someone like Ike. He was tired after a hard night of playing poker with the enemy. Sure. All right, so we've arrived at the day of the fight. Okay, there's a fight. October 26, 1881. All right. So the following morning, Ike would still be drinking and would have his guns with him. Jesus. Right? So he's still drunk. He's been drinking all night. He's been drinking for like 24 hours straight. All right. He would eventually start bellowing for Holiday and or Earp. Mm-hmm. Like Doc Holiday, right? Yeah. He's not like, I need a vacation! <laughs> no, he was like, he basically was like... <laughs> He basically was like, holiday, holiday, celebrate, fuck your face, it would feel so nice to kill holiday. (laughs) So, Doc Holiday, (laughs) Doc Holiday was basically living in a boarding house at this point, Uh Fly's boarding house, Uh and he was woken up by Mary Fly, who said... That was his, like, snooze. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, she was a fly who yeah. was also the housekeeper. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so basically, Mary's quoted saying, <laughs> No. <laughs> she said, Ike Clanton was here looking for you, and he had a rifle with him. Okay. Doc's response was, quote, If God will let me live to get my clothes on, he will see me. I think God can see you without your clothes on. I know, but he's like, I gotta put my pants on, then I'll go find the fucker. Hold on, there's a guy who wants to kill me, let me at least be clothed. Yeah, I'm like, uh... You no. prefer everybody without pants, well, we know. yeah. We know. Right. So, okay, we arrive at 1pm. Okay. Virgil and Morgan found the drunk and armed Ike. Nice. Right? Virgil- Where? In the streets. Okay. Virgil would... So he wasn't hiding or anything? No, he was just looking about. <laughs> they were like, 99, 100. Ike, we can see you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're the worst at this. So Virgil... <laughs> Virgil would then pistol whip Ike from behind. From behind? Yeah. Oh, wow. They're like, 98, 99. <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, <laughs> they suck. They cheat. And then they pulled him to court. Oh, wow. The punishment was that Ike got a fine and that his guns were taken from him. Oh. And they were just stored at a saloon. They weren't, like, taken taken from him, but he was so drunk he didn't get it. Uh. He's like, they took my gun! Mm-hmm. Well, they did take his yeah. gun. So, but before the court case, right? <laughs> but I'm fine. Yeah. No, no. You're you're fined. <laughs> I swear I said I'm fine. No, no. We're fining you. <laughs> I couldn't be more fine. <laughs> He's saying you gotta pay him a hundred dollars, you shit. Oh no! <laughs> so before the court, when I close my eyes, you can't see me anymore. <laughs> I'm invisible. We can see you, Ike. I'm invisible. Well, so oh, I should be quiet. Someone just pistol whip him again. <laughs> <laughs> so before the court case. Wyatt and Ike would exchange some choice words. <laughs> Wyatt would say, quote, You cattle-thieving son of a bitch, uh-huh. and you know that I know you are a cattle-thieving son of a bitch. You've threatened my life enough, and you've got to fight. Wow. And Ike would reply, quote, Fight is my racket, and all I want is four feet of ground. Why would... Oh, to bury him in a shallow grave? Well, no, to shoot him. Oh. To stand back four feet, and then I'll shoot you like a duel. 
Oh. That's very close. You did say that as if we were supposed to know what the fuck that meant. I don't know. All right. I don't know what any of this means. Okay. So... Ike would uh, later testify in court that Ur- the Earp brothers offered to give him his gun right then. Or at least part of it. The yeah. bullet part. Yeah. And then have a shootout right then. Oh. And Ike claims that he declined such an offer no, because thank he's you, a sir. good... I am feeling pretty drunk. And yeah. I don't think it's the best idea for me. For a three-on-one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Usually I'm all set for a three-on-one. Yeah. Right I now got, I haven't cleaned up. I got two good hands and two good holes. Okay. I'm so proud. (laughs) Mortified. So, Tom McLaurie, who had come to town with Ike originally, Mm -hmm. came to find Ike and ran into Wyatt. Okay. Wyatt said that he saw a gun in Tom's pants, so he asked him if he had a gun. Either that or he was happy to see me. Tom said no, he didn't have a gun in his pants. I'm just happy to see you. So Wyatt pulled out his gun and pistol whipped him twice. Oh, crap. Basically, Wyatt would testify later on that he had been temporarily given martial status while Virgil was away, uh-huh. and even though Virgil was back, he wasn't told he was relieved of duty, and Virgil would say that, that Wyatt was right, and that uh-huh. he was justified in still being marshaled. Oh, sure. So we're just we're just willy-nilly uh, justifying yeah. police brutality now. Exactly. Cool. Fun. Both Tom and Ike had concussions. Oh. They had to see a doctor for their wounds. That's how bad it was. Oh, my God. And Ike was also still drunk. Jesus. All right, so this is where it gets a little bit weird. All right. Right? This is where it gets weird? Yeah. So... Oh, no. (laughs) I think maybe we blew our water early here. Billy Clanton and Blank McGlory showed up, the other brothers, and they heard that their brothers were pistol whipped from Doc Holliday, and they were like, oh, hell no. Mm -hmm. And then they went and found their respective brothers, and then they went... When they did, they got very loud, and they said things like, quote... I'm leaving town. We're leaving. Look at us go. Jesus Christ. Uh, <laughs> I'm walking out the door now, I, and I have no plans to come back and kill everybody. Just want to let you know, I'm leaving, not returning to shoot you in the face. <laughs> Definitely not. They gonna did. go home, still drunk, gonna sleep this off, and not kill anyone. Yeah. They, uh, they basically... You think he bought it? <laughs> So basically, they did not check their guns in. What? To the saloon. Oh, no, they were leaving town, right? Right, but they, but that's it's just so it's clear they didn't go check their guns. How many in. guns? These haven't they been disarmed like seven times? No, What's... two of them have, but two of them just showed up. Good and lord! They, and they didn't check their guns in. How many guns have they got? A lot of guns. Good lord! So Virgil also claims later on that the cowboys actually didn't leave town. They went to a local gun shop. And we're filling up on ammo. Okay. Ike claimed later that he had lost his guns because they were taken from him and he needed to buy new ones, but that the shopkeep wouldn't sell them to him because he was, like, drunk. Okay. And he, he's like, I ain't guns. I, but uh, I'm just going to need you to fill out this background I need, check. I ain't guns. Okay, just tell me what's in the background. I need a gun with yeah, a bullet. He's too drunk. I need a gun. That was a background check back then? You just had to say what was in the background of the shopkeeper. And if you couldn't identify the wooden wall, you were too drunk to buy a gun. It looks like a gun. Sorry, can't help you. I, why are you be? Why is everyone so mean to me here? <laughs> <laughs> so, as you guessed it, they went over to the OK Corral and okay. didn't leave town. No, right? They they feel more comfortable hanging around cows and horses. Here, they would then be again very loud with their sayings <laughs> of things. <laughs> We're just gonna sit here with the horses, just sitting <laughs> around with horses. We like it here. And they started saying things about what they planned on doing to the Earps if the Earps ever assaulted them again. Any Earp happens to wander into this corral, we're gonna fuck them up. Yep, and then we're gonna fuck them. Oh. That's creepy. Yeah. Yeah. You, you. So your third kink, now that we're figuring out, is you also like to have sex with people who've been beaten up. No. That's that's what we just learned. <laughs> I'm being the, the cowboy. You just interjected that out of your own They're not good people. Uh-huh. All right. So anyway. I'm going to do this for you. Okay. So, um... There's a there's a super there's Spider Man okay right and all the spandex yeah but with like a black eye are you just gonna are you just well that he's defended someone are you so super he's excited no well no my mother's in the room I'm not super <laughs> excited about Spider Man with a black we have, eye we have found his line I guess we have all right <laughs> I'm a little excited <laughs> so <laughs> I can't have there be a line all right so <laughs> Virgil was like. Basically, they can be as loud as they want, but I'm not going to get involved because they're just loud. Nothing mm-hmm. more. They're just little brats. 
Okay. Also, he didn't want to test the law about how long a person had to come into town before they had to check in their guns, etc. Hmm. He's like, they haven't been here long. If I go over there, then they're going to start fighting, saying I'm being picking on them. Well, hasn't one of them been there drunk all night? Well, those guys don't have... In and out of the hospital and jail by now? Those people have lost their guns. It's about the new people with their guns. But the townsfolks were starting to get nervous, right? So they went over to Bean and Virgil, and they were like, no, they have to go. Get rid of their guns or get rid of them. Mm-hmm. One or the other. Listen, Becky is dangerous, okay? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> A quote from miner Reuben F. Coleman. Silver miner named Coleman. Yes. Coleman the Silverman. Yes. Okay. So then basically the silver miner Coleman basically went over to <laughs> the sheriff Bean, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. And said, these cowboys, the brother cowboys are there and they're going to cause trouble it's your job. You've got to go disarm them. Do your job. And then he went to Virgil Earp and, went, and said the same thing. Okay. And basically said, you guys got to disarm them. Uh-huh. So Bean went over to the cowboys and was like, you need to not be armed. Mm-hmm. Right? I'm going to take your arms off. Exactly. <laughs> and uh, remember, he's their friend, right? Mm-hmm. They were all like, we're unarmed. I, I can see your hands behind your back. <laughs> but the two... Don't tell me you're unarmed. You're just holding your hands behind your back. But the two people uh, who weren't unarmed didn't reveal one way or another. They were, they just didn't say anything. Mm-hmm. All right, so 3 p.m. Okay. The time of the shootout. Oh. Virgil heads down with his posse to disarm the cowboys. Mm-hmm. Other townsfolk wanted to help, but Virgil's like, we're good, thank you. Mm-hmm. They went to pick up all their guns, and they were very well armed. So then they ran into Bean, who was leaving that area, and he was like, you should turn back. They're disarmed, and you don't want to fight. Okay. Bean would later testify that he had gone there with intent to disarm them, but hadn't said that he actually had disarmed them. Right. But he had misled the Earps into believing that they were disarmed. Oh. Another witness claimed to have heard Virgil say, quote, Those men have made their threats, and I will not arrest them, but I will kill them on sight. Oh. Okay. Virgil disputed this and said, quote, I had a walking stick in my left hand, and my right hand was on my sixth shooter in my waist pants. And when he said he had disarmed them, I shoved it clean around to my left hip and changed my walking stick to my right hand. Well, that's clear proof that he didn't intend to kill anybody. Exactly. So, the two sides formed just like Gaston and the village people and the beast and his magical talking furniture. Okay. 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 You have Gaston leading the village people? Of the town. No! No! Absolutely not! The YMCA village people. For sure. Gaston marching in front of the village people, all going, Macho, macho man, hey, macho, I'm gonna be. Oh, man. Okay. So basically, on the one side you've got the McLaurie brothers, the Clanton brothers, and Billy Claiborne, who would join the Cowboys. Okay. And then you've got the Earps and Doc Holliday, who would be the, quote, lawman. Okay. The Cowboys and the lawman. Yeah. I still can't get over the fact that Doc Holliday had that, like, that was his real name. It's like Billy Holliday and Doc from the Seven Dwarves had a baby. Well, his yeah. name was John Henry. No, so but his name was Doc Holliday. His, name, his pretty, nickname was Je- Doc Holliday. I'm pretty sure. Nobody names their kid Doc and hopes he becomes a dentist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they do. They do. They do. Oh, I'm sorry. Jason is just a nickname. Your actual name is actor Gaffney. Yes, exactly. <laughs> So, the gunfight would happen near the OK Corral, but not in the OK Corral. Right? Shocking. What a what a bunch of bullshit. Yeah. All right, so basically, no one knows who fired first, uh-huh. but at the end of the fight, Ike Clanton and Billy Claiborne fled, actually having been disarmed. They were not armed. Tom and Frank McLaurie died, mm-hmm. and Billy Clanton died. Okay. Doc was shot, Virgil was shot, and Morgan was shot, and Wyatt was unharmed. Oh. There was a lot of testimony of banter that was said during the fight, by the way, and one of my favorites was from Frank McLaurie, who said to Holiday after he shot him, quote, I've got you now. Holiday would reply, quote, blaze away. You're a daisy if you do. Oh, so he was, like, hallucinating from pain. Probably. I think. Blaze away. You're a daisy if you do. Why are we dead and, and flowers are... Oh... <laughs> I like the Thank idea of you. being this It like, made no sense to me. Shut up, daisies. That's I, what the, that's yeah. I get it. So basically, the Earps thought that they were going to be hailed as heroes, right? But mm. Bean, after the fight, went over to them and said, I have to arrest you for murder. Oh. Wyatt mm. would respond with, quote, I won't be arrested today. I am right here, and I am not going away. You have deceived me. 
you told me these men were disarmed, I went to disarm them. Mm -hmm. There would later be a court case, and the public opinion would be swayed that the Earps murdered unarmed men. Really? Yeah. Even though the two actually unarmed men ran away unharmed? Right. And the people... Well, one so of... how do you justify thinking that you you murdered unarmed men when half of your... Most of your people were shot right, exactly. by them? <laughs> that seems crazy. Well, there yeah. is there is speculation that Virgil might have accidentally shot Morgan. Oh. So... <laughs> Oops. So that could have been an oopsies. Okay. So, okay, so there's this court case, right? And after a lengthy trial, the lawmen would be found not guilty. They were, quote fully justified in committing these homicides. Well, we've already justified police brutality. Why wouldn't we right. justify police murder? That's but, um, fine. they would not lead happy lives after the shootout. No, it was the West. Right. Nobody led a happy life. So, I mean, that was not, it's not really a spoiler alert. Right, so Virgil would have an attempt on his life, and he would lose the use of his arm afterwards. He was unarmed? Yes, he was. <laughs> and Morgan would be killed. He oh. was killed on the pool table. On the pool table. Boom. Yep. What? <laughs> Why was he killed on a... Someone, the cowboys oh. went after them. Oh, I remember that scene. So, then Wyatt... <laughs> then Wyatt and Doc would go kill a bunch of cowboys uh-huh. and then run away from Arizona because they committed murders. Oh, well, sure. Yeah. Okay. That was basically the reason, for some reason, that the public then assumed that the Earps were the good guys. The what? idea that they, they, they were avenging their dead brother. Oh. Which is ironic because, if you think about it, Ike survived and his brother was killed and he didn't seek bloody revenge. Although some of the cowboys did, but, like... It's it's the kind of thing where it's like, well, who started this? You know, you can't mm-hmm. say that the Earps are completely innocent here. No. Um, Wyatt claimed later to have been haunted by these experiences to his dying day, which was a very long time later. Uh, one year. No, it was actually, he, he lived to be like 80-something. Oh, wow. You can still go visit the OK Corral every day, except for Thanksgiving and Christmas from 9 to 5. What? Why? When did you become a fucking docent of the OK Corral and, over here? Uh, and basically Dolly Parton, Lily Tomlin, and Jane Fonda will give you tours. Between oh sure, five. and no, oh, so Vincent Price has been has been replaced. That's yeah. sad. And you can go see a live gun reenactment. Okay. If that's not your cup of tea, then you can stand with life size figured at the site of the gunfight where they were supposed to be, according to Wyatt Earp. Okay. Many movies, books, and other art would be created about this legend. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know that was basically the fight. That's the OK Corral situation, yeah. is it? Yeah. I had no I, idea of the of the legal battle. Like, yeah, I didn't either. Like, huge legal battle. I'm surprised by that too because it feels like it's... everything in the Wild West like happened extrajudicially. Right. You know. Yeah. Yeah. What well, was so wild? You got to got to be on top of that shit. Didn't Literally. the judge travel? Like, and the judge is coming in, so we better like you know came in on horseback. Right? Yeah, totally. So, it was uh, a yeah. half gavel will travel. Yeah, and, and so it would be. <laughs> You'd stay in the jail until the judge showed up, and then... And then you'd be hanged. Yeah. (laughs) Automatically. So, all right, what is the bright side? Oh, uh, I have no idea. We've reached the bright side. I don't know. I think the bright side is that the silver finally ran out. Oh, and then then it became a... And they all... Became a ghost town. just went away. Yeah. Yeah. That's actually... That's that's a good one. (laughs) One of the bright sides is you can still visit the historic bloodbath site. (laughs) Uh, which is kind of cool because you can get young people and old people interested in history. Well, what I think the bright side is that that, that the town has been preserved where it otherwise would have probably just disappeared gone away. Yeah. So that you can still see the environment like that, that, that used to be. Because, you know, having a link to our own history is important, even if it's really shitty history. Right. Because, you know... Those who don't learn their history are doomed to repeat it. So we would be, you know, having gunfights all the time if exactly. we couldn't access OK Corral. So knowing that it's there, having it there means that we are not out in the streets shooting each other all the time. Exactly. <laughs> and, I don't think it follows. <laughs> well, and and also it employs actors to this day. Well, for true. reenactments and Lily Tomlin and that's isn't it, doing yeah. much else. She's doing. I'm kidding, Frankie. I'm kidding. <laughs> so. Uh, there's tons of jobs and arts being created over the year right. about this. Like, the interest in this event has created a lot of jobs for right. people, and it's also, cre- you know, it, it also is inspiring. Like, people have, all, for many, many years, like, responded to this exactly. event. And it also has given a ton of historians something to debate about and talk for years because of the fact that no one's really the good guy. Mm. And there's solid arguments for both sides being the good guy and both sides being the bad guy and both sides being bad and good. Yeah, I think the better argument is both sides were, like, pretty shitty in their own unique little ways. But it's kind of like the idea of, like, whoever lives the longest gets to write the history. Very true. And so it's, it's always take history with a grain of salt. Any hero in a story... 
they're probably not as heroic or perfect as you might think. Mm. But you also bring into it things like um, the dime novels, where they really wanted somebody to be a hero. Right. So you would have to, you know... You would need one. You'd tell that story so that people would buy the dime novel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so good versus evil, and that's and so to be able to define it, but it's never that clear. Mm-hmm. It's just never. Well, I, I know one really great bright side for me to this is my nephew's. Oh, yes. yes. Wyatt and John Henry. Without yeah. this event, they would be probably still alive. <laughs> but they would be named some boring something else. They'd be named Sebastian and Flounder. <laughs> so thank God. Thank God that for, for Doc Holliday and Wyatt Earp. Thank God. <laughs> this is my nephew Sebastian and my other nephew, Buddy Hackett. <laughs> Got <laughs> all. Oh. oh, anyway, love those kids. Hey, Wyatt, John Henry. Hope you're having a lovely day. Yeah, yeah. are they listening to this? I hope not. I fucking hope not. They know a lot about what. Too much yeah. about being hanged. <laughs> no, they don't listen to this. They're minors. <laughs> yeah. Oh. But the other kind. <laughs> the more hung that the person is. The more rope you need to hang them. Oh, my God. What, what are you th- hanging them by? Oh, it's like a cockering noose from a tree. <laughs> horrible. That was just for Suzanne. I <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. All right. That's the OK Corral. Are you yeah. OK? Are you OK? Well, yeah, there's a lot of cowboys. Are you OK? Yeah, I'm OK. All right. OK. Are you OK? I'm fine. I'm corral. You're just fine. I'm, I'm, I'm OK. OK. I'm OK. Well, this has been really fun. I appreciate learning more about this thing. Uh, and thank you for bringing it in. Of course. Suzanne, thanks for joining us on this very special episode. Thank you for entertaining me. Absolutely. Thanks for entertaining the idea of coming on. (laughs) All right, everybody, have a great week. Uh, And, uh, yeah, we'll see you next time. We'll see you next time. This hole's not big enough for these them there two guns. We hope you've liked this episode of The Bright Side with Kevin and Jason. If you did, please throw us some stars and give us a review on iTunes. It really helps others find the show. And if you didn't, just keep it to yourself or tell your diary. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at BrightSideKNJ and on Facebook at The Bright Side with Kevin and Jason. All our past episodes are also streaming on our website www.thebrightsidewithkevinandjason.com Until next week, don't forget to look look on on the the bright bright side. side!